Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast coming to you, uh, not live, but we are live. Me and Ty right now. Uh, UFC 288, Newark, New Jersey. Mo- main event, Henry Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling. We will have picks. We will have predictions. We will have everything you could imagine under the sun. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. If you are not familiar, this is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We do this podcast one to two times a week depending on necessity, and we give you the picks. We talk about the MMA sports and everything world. We have a sports podcast as well, but we do it all under the Hot Take Hotbox umbrella. I am Matt McSweeney, like I said. Ty, how are you feeling today? Pretty good. Coming off the heels of a Los Angeles Dodgers sweep, get them brooms out. Oh, boy. All right. um, we got some Sixers action tonight. Let's. I'm not sure how to feel after game two. I mean, that was like a complete flip from game one. Um, we have some, not a great card, I will say, but definitely an interesting card coming up. Um, and I'm still like, as we, as we speak right now, I'm still kind of torn on the main event. I've been going back and forth literally since the fight got announced. Um, I think I will lean, but I keep going. I keep switching. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for the co-main, right? I think the whole main card in general is good. I think the prelims are pretty good. Maybe the, you know, the early prelims get to get a little, uh, get a little ugly, but you have Phil Halls. You have this heavyweight fighter who is. I can't wait to talk about him. It's just the funniest thing ever. But um, yeah, not a great card, not an awful card. But we'll, you know, as always, we'll see uh, how it translates. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's back uh, to Newark. Back to Newark. Back to a card that is somewhat a little bit respectable. You know, not completely. It's not a it's not a great card, but it's at least we have some intrigue at the top, and we have some interesting fights sprinkled out throughout the entire night. Did uh, you know Aljo can't fight in New York? Why is that? Uh, I guess he had a brain scan done a while ago, and there's like, I don't know what exactly. Uh, it's like a, a millimeter size something on his brain that I, th- I think he, uh, if I'm under the impression, uh, New York wants him to go to get a surgery done for somebody to go in to his brain and take out whatever is the issue. Uh, and he's like, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Um, and so apparently not a big deal at all. So everybody else lets him fight, but New York still won't, which is where he's from, which is so pathetic. I mean, New York for a long time has just been anti-MMA. Um, yeah. I think it all started with John McCain calling it human cockfighting back in the 90s. Meanwhile, uh, we have BKFC is a, is a thing that now. That so. is human cockfighting. Yeah, literally. Um, which sucks, honestly. But I always, for some reason, I thought he was from New York, but I mean, New Jersey. <clears throat> but I, I always mix up some of the New Jersey... New York, Sarah Longo guys, but either way, <clears throat> he won't be too far from home. Uh, I'll probably, I'm sure he'll have the hometown advantage. Henry Cejudo is trying his best, trying his very best, him and his team, to rattle Aljo. And it seems like it's working. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll just kick it off and get into a nice breakdown of this main event. Um, I don't really know where I lean, so I'm going to let you talk for a little bit because I truly, I think every word that I say, I keep flipping back, so... And it's interesting because I'm usually that guy who has the I have no idea where I want to go, and you're the one who's like, all right, well, this is what I'm thinking, yada yada yada. <laughs> and to this time, 
I have been saying this for anyone who's listened to this for weeks. The day they made this fight, I am all in on Henry Cejudo. And it's not even just him. I just think this is the absolute perfect matchup for him. I don't think Aljamain presents, I shouldn't say any problems, but virtually no problems for a guy in Cejudo who has fought some you know, dangerous strikers, even a, a TJ Dillashaw, a Marlon Marais, a, a, you know, a Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. He, he has fought some guys... Some of the best fighters to ever fight, you know, at at these weight classes. Aljamain Sterling is a big guy. He is a great grappler. He is a great jujitsu practitioner. He's a good wrestler as well. I don't know how he's going to be able to hold Henry Cejudo down. That is where I really there is a difference. Now I think the size difference is going to be a big factor. I mean, Aljamain already is a huge thirty fiver. And has talked many times about going up in weight to uh, 45 or just, you know, so, right? I mean, that's been a conversation in the past. I don't know. He also struggled with this weight cut. He said when he stepped on the scales, yes. this one uh, was a little tougher than I thought. Um, uh, also, dude, he is cut the yeah. fuck up. Absolutely chiseled. Uh, Henry's, you know, he's getting older. He's 36 now. And he's been out of the game for, what, two years, three years three, now? Two, three, yeah. He hasn't Something fought like since he, 2020, right at you know, right during the pandemic. So it's basically damn, it's right, it's three days short of three years since he's been in the cage fighting. You know, seems like it's been longer. Honestly, it really does. It feels forever, and I guess that's just because there's fights every weekend now. The shit is moving so quickly; <laughs> it's hard to keep track of. I don't like Aljamain stand up, and I think Cejudo has fought bigger guys his whole life. I I, I think the only way Mister Sterling wins is just being able to bully Henry Cejudo. And in my head, I have a really tough time believing he's going to be able to pull that off. When he takes him down, will he be able to hold him down? Will he be able to get on his back? Will he be able to just overpower Henry? Is Henry Has Henry lost a step? Those are the, thing, those are the only things I really think. Because otherwise, skill for skill, Henry Cejudo is the much, much better and much more well-rounded mixed martial artist. It is... It seems to me like a mismatch for for Sterling, and it's not even something like in a, if him and O'Malley matched up, they would be and similar in stature, but right. Sterling would have that distinct advantage on the on the ground, and he'd be able to take him down, hold him down like he's done to guys like Jan and guys like Dillashaw for for whatever that was worth, you know. Not uh, much. Yeah, exactly. With the the injury, and he looked horrible. The, the, that that win didn't really mean much after it happened. So all the fans are like, "Oh, thanks for uh, wasting our time." Yeah, like it was basically like everyone was then was mad at Dillashaw for kind of taking it, but we understood why he took it because you don't know if you're gonna get it. It's like okay, well, it was just kind of felt bad for Sterling because he came out and did his job, but he, the other yeah. end of the uh, bargain was not held. And this one, I think the other end of the bargain will be held up. Uh, I have it. I mean, I didn't even like Sterling in the uh, Yan fight that second time. They didn't look, yeah. you know, great. And it's, I mean, obviously, Sterling or Cejudo's nowhere near the uh, hands that Mr. You know, uh, Mr. Jan has, I should say. But I just, I got to believe that his IQ, his wrestling ability, and I think that he's really never stopped being in the gym. I mean, even though, you know, he may not have been training for fights, he was always in there, he was always coaching, and I'm sure he's probably always working out. So, I'm going Cejudo. Uh, I love the money line, and I would sprinkle a little bit on TKO. But I think for the sake of this podcast and for the sake of our picks, 
I am going to fire a minus one ten money line bet. Wow. And max play in my mind. Like this is <laughs> no, and I, I, I don't even like. I feel really good about this one, and I could be wrong. I have been wrong in the past, ladies and gentlemen. I like to let you know I am no godlike expert when it comes to this stuff. I don't think any of us are. It's the fight game. Sure. Even even sports are, are. I mean, this to me, MMA is even less. Uh, you know, able to predict. It just you don't know if a yeah. guy's coming in with this or that. Or he's, you know, he doesn't feel well. He had the flu that week. It's it, you can see crazy shit all the time. And with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, I gotta let you know that I haven't felt this good about a pick in a while. And my pick is Henry Cejudo money line for Saturday night's main event. And I, I, I just can't wait to hear what Ty has to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, man. I'm just very conflicted. They're both, they both have had some. I don't know if it's good. Different, different uh, levels of luck, right? Because I think Aljo is kind of what's he won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fights in a row uh, after that Marlon Moraes knee. Marlon Moraes also had Henry Cejudo in a bit of trouble. I won't say trouble, but uh, he was making it interesting for about a round and a half. But ever since then, you know, I think after the Sanhagen win, people were like, "Oh man, he's legit." You know, everybody, his stock was so high. And then, you know, the two Peter Jan loss or wins, um, a lot of people thought, you know, robbery in both, in both, uh, in both fights. And obviously, you know, you can't throw an illegal knee. You just can't do it. And it is what it is. He was losing that fight, but then he rebounded it in the, in the rematch. And I, I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch it again, but I think he might have won. I think he might have still It was won. very close. Um, and then he fights TJ and, you know, TJ has one arm. Uh, so that, that's kind of like a, you know, throw that fight, throw that fight in the trash. And then you look at Henry Cejudo and, you know, the Dominic Cruz fight early stoppage. I don't think so, but it was also an old Dominic Cruz. He's only fought at 135 twice. His last two fights, Dom and Marlon Moraes. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, both of those guys were past it and now they're both done ish. Uh, the TJ Dillashaw fight when he fought Dillashaw, he was all juiced up on EPO, but he also, you know, (laughs) I don't think he. I don't know if EPO necessarily helped him as much as uh, it would in most cases. <clears throat> he almost killed himself to make 125, and then he got knocked out in 30 seconds. Um, the Demetrius fight was a split, but he won that. I think he deserved that. I mean, remember in the first round, his his ankle was flopping all around the cage. He had like nerve nerve failure in the first round of that DJ rematch. Comes back and wins the fight, um, which is so crazy because after the first fight, he got smoked. He got absolutely run through in that first fight against Demetrius. Then he lost to Benavidez. Then he rebounded well. They both have kind of, they're both on winning streaks. They're both a little old, right? I think Aljo's thirty three, Henry's thirty six. So, I I really want to take I really want to take uh, Henry, but I think I'm going to go Aljo. I think I'm going to go Aljo. I think he has that huge seven inch reach advantage. He he's very high pace, especially early. I'm not sure how Henry's cardio is going to look. I assume it'd be good. He's not somebody that you know takes a day off, but it has been a while. He is. 36. I know he has been training guys like John Jones, and I think he's been training with Figgy and uh, might be missing somebody. But he's he's doing a lot. So he's always in the he's always in the in the ring. He's always in the gym. I'm just I'm not too sure if he can really stop Aljo from getting to a spot. I know his wrestling is very you know uh, has that credential wrestling, but also. Guys that fight from 125 to 170, I said this before, shout out to Luke Thomas for the stat, in title fights from 125 to 170, 2 and 28 uh, 
fighters that are 35 years or older. Both wins, Tyron Woodley. So father time is not on Henry's side. I think that's going to matter. I think uh, Aljo's going to move around a lot. I think he's going to be able to stop some of them blitzes that uh, uh, Marlon Marais couldn't stop. I don't like how he gets hit. We've talked about it before. He doesn't react well. He's having no. a really rough weight cut. I don't think Henry Cejudo's weight cuts. Uh, it's probably fine. Honestly, he was the first one on the scale, so he looks shredded. They, they're both in he's great shape. They're both smaller, ready. So it's like not, yeah. you know. So I, I guess he's fine. Um, and Henry puts on this, you know, act that he's an idiot and all his, all his uh, you know, training partners and teammates and everybody in his corner are idiots. Look at Eric Albarstein. That guy's, he just seems like a clown, but they're all smart, man. They, they always have a good game plan. Henry always has a good game plan. I just um I don't know man I think I think he's eventually going to get backpacked or I think eventually something's going to happen and he's going to get his back taken I don't know if Alger's going to submit him but I think it's possible um, he has one of the best um, body locks in the UFC he has some of the best um, I guess maybe he's the best backpacker in the UFC um, just look at what he did Corey Sanhagen how quickly he did it was just like a snake <clears throat> just like a boa constrictor. And the thing with Henry Cejudo is he throws a lot of kicks, right? Uh, I think that's going to be big, being the smaller guy. And you kind of want to chop down Henry on Aljo's legs, but Al- he throws a lot of high kicks. I think Aljo's going to catch one of those high kicks, and I think that could be the round. You know, I think he, uh, I think Aljo's going to steal steal three rounds here. I think he's going to win a close, close decision. I could see the stand-up being kind of uh, tricky, but being that much bigger, that long of reach. I, I do like some some things that Aljo does on the outside, on the feet, some kicks, uh, he's very quick, and he's very, very. Uh, he moves very well. Um, I, I wouldn't want to strike with him the whole time, but he's going to go for takedowns for sure. And I think he's going to get them. He's going to have uh, varying degrees of success. You know, Henry obviously is so good all around, so good everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, had some top control uh, himself. You know, not for long, but just at least a little bit. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Aljo. I think he's going to get it done. I think Henry's, you know, taking some time off. You know, I think that's really going to hurt him. Uh, Aljo's kind of been fresher. He's been, you know, he's been in there. He's been getting wins. Beat Piotr Gallon twice. Say what you want. Beat Corey Sanhagen. Beat Pedro Munoz on his way here. Um, and I think he gets it done. I think, I think he gets it done. And I think he's going to defend against maybe Sean O'Malley next. But I, I don't think Aljo's going to hold the belt for long. Whoever wins this, I think they're going to lose uh, probably next. You know, they're both getting old. They both have had a lot, lot, lot of injuries. I'm going to go Aljo. I might flip flop. I'm going to pick Aljo right here. I like him at at not plus, but you know, kind of dog money. Plus, on, being plus the hundred on uh, Fanduel right now. Uh, I like that. The active champ. I'll take him. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't blame you. I really don't. I'm just. I'm on the other side here. I just. Uh, I'm believing in Cejudo, and although all the things you said, this. Uh, I don't know. It's very fascinating. This is a very fascinating fight, and I'm very excited for it. Even though I wish I was going to be in the building, but I am not paying $400 to watch Henry Cejudo and Aljamain Sterling fight. It's just not going to happen. I have a not, television. Not, not just them two, but also Joseph Holmes. Yeah. Devin it, Clark. Chrome Gracie. You know, some of these names, some of this, this card was kind of just, I don't know. But I feel you on that. The UFC needs to lower some price, lower the prices for some uh, events, but it seems like they can just do whatever. Henry Sudo is also getting on uh, Chrome Gracie's nerves, so it's uh, it's good to have him <laughs> back, man. That he was, was just pissing everyone off. That was so funny. Uh, Bluff. He's, he's, <laughs> no, he said, just... where's, where's Nate Diaz? And he's like, oh, his kid. He has his kid's birthday party. He starts cracking the fuck up. 
<laughs> and then Crone Gracie's like, all right, I'm leaving. Yeah, he said, fuck <laughs> this, I'm out. Crone Gracie's also um, not the brightest guy. Yeah, well, I mean, you're talking about a guy who uh, was he coming out to like the warning alarm, and then he yeah, proceeded to flat earther against uh, Cub Swanson. Now he's he took four years off, three and a half years essentially, and he's getting back in there against Charles Jordan. We'll get to that later. But Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, we got Gilbert Burns is a slight slight favorite, I believe, at minus one twenty five, one thirty. I am seeing a Bilal Muhammad line. That you can get right now for plus 110, 105 on some places. So I guess I'll let you lead this one off because honestly, I, I, I mean, I, I would just go out and say I do like Gilbert Burns here. I yeah. think I think it's a good matchup for him. But again, this is kind of one that there's a reason why this is how you know the top of this card is good because they have two lines that really they don't know who's going to win. That's basically when they put it this close to it. even. <laughs> this is they're kind of just trying to take money from both sides. I love it. Uh, I get it. I get kind of both sides here. Um, they've both kind of haven't had, um, uh, you know, an ideal, maybe not camp for this, but just, just the last couple months this year in general, I think. I mean, Gilbert fought, what, three weeks ago? Um, and they went the distance. <clears throat> he looked like he was getting a little tired late, and that's a problem with him. He, he will gas out. You know, that's short, stocky. He's, he's also not young, and he's also been grappling for so long. A lot of miles uh, on that tank. He is a very, very explosive. So I think, you know, I could see if you if you think Bilal will take over uh, down the stretch. But Bilal Muhammad also hasn't had, a you know, an ideal year with, you know, ch- trying to basically do everything he can and fight whoever he can fight uh, so he can get the respect that he thinks he deserves, which maybe he does. But, you know, he does a lot of stupid trash talk. Anytime he talks, I, I don't know. Um, he, made a, he, made, he made a statement about the Nets. He's like, yeah, now I see why the Nets left New Jersey. I was like, oh, that's funny. Not really at all. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Ramadan kind of interfering with his, you know, weight cut issues, um, he hasn't really been able to uh, get a, I guess, a, a true ideal camp. Neither yeah. of them have. So, and they're both, you know, they're both, I don't want to say desperate, but they're both trying to just plant their flag and say, no, no, I'm getting the title shot because this, this division is kind of in limbo. But, I don't know, man. I, I guess it being a five rounder really, really makes me contemplate Bilal. Uh, he is only p- plus one ten, so the line's definitely closer than <clears throat> maybe I thought it would be at first. I think Gilbert's probably the better submission grappler. Um, I just it, it's t- it's tough to take Bilal down. You know, Bilal is really strong, and but that also goes in Gilbert's favor. I don't know if Bilal's <laughs> you know if he wants to wrestle or grapple with Gilbert Burns, that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Uh, Bilal's very hard to hit, take down. He's very hard to get, you know, to sub. He's got awesome cardio. He's always been known as a cardio machine. He, you know, his Sean Brady knockout was was good and all, but Sean Brady was was uh, getting it into um, some nice striking exchanges with Chiesa. So I don't, you know, it was just a good matchup, I guess. In hindsight, I don't know, man. I think Gilbert's better on the stand up. I think he's better on the ground. Um, but the cardio really does worry me. He does make a lot of mistakes. He can be hit. And his durability kind of wanes when, when, when the fight goes on, right? Uh, he had Usman hurt, and then Usman hit him with like a power jab, and he folded. He went down. So um, I re- I'm, really, uh, I'm really conflicted here. I'm not, I think I might just stay away. Um, my, my pure pick is going to be Gilbert Burns. I think he might get a sub or eke out a decision. But truly, I, you know, if you think you can get Bilal plus money, or if you can get Bilal plus money and you think he, you know, 
has the advantage in, in any other area besides the cardio. I don't see why you wouldn't take a shot on him. I am going to stay away, though. Smart, smart. But you lean Gilbert Burns. That's a lot. I echo a lot of what you said just based off that. Like, I, I don't really feel confident in this either way. You, Bilal has time after time proven me wrong. And, uh, you know, I was obviously on Sean Brady last time. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, he, he like we've gone through many a time, like he's got had a lot of weird stuff happen to him. Uh, you know, like the like his last couple wins haven't really done much for you to be like, wow, like this guy is so like far and above. Like the Brady win was good, but he looked then Luke, who we have proven is kind of on the other side of the hill. Stephen Thompson his wins haven't aged well, on the other know? side of the hill. Dam- Damian Maya on the other side <laughs> of the hill, you know, so, he's down that hill. Yeah, he's at the bottom of the hill and just chilling there <laughs> waiting for everyone to say it's over. You know, Leon Edwards eye poke was weird, but he I mean. It's hard to say he after was, five minutes he was going to lose that fight, but it just felt for, like he was sure. not—he was not in that fight. And you know, Diego Lima. So it's—we've been through this many a time with uh, Bilal. We don't really necessarily believe in it until it happens, and then it happens, and then we find a reason to not believe in him the <laughs> next time. I'm going to go Gilbert Burns money line here. I just like the—I uh, like the number. I like everything to do with it, and that's what I'm rolling with. I like it. So let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. We move on to the, what do they call this, the feature bout of the night? Jessica Andrade. Andrade. Jessica Andrade is fighting Yao Zhanan in a... Uh, Job. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have experience saying that one. <laughs> in a 115 fight, Jessica Andrade just came back and fought Aaron Blanchfield and got cooked at 125. Yeah. She's back down to 15, which... You know, it seems like that's not easy for her to make, but it is the only place where she could really have some sustained ex- uh, success, I should say. Uh, yeah. I believe she is a minus 200 favorite in this against Yan Jonan. Uh, Yan Jonan, I've seen get cooked by, I believe, Carla Esparza, right? That that's, was the head. That was ugly. That was and that has kind of uh, dictated what I've seen from her in my mind. And then, you know, she comes back and she loses a split decision. Close fight to Marina Rodriguez. She looked really good in that fight, I thought, uh, thinking back on that. But then uh, she beats Mackenzie Dern, and uh, here we are today. Uh, I don't I don't really believe in her. I don't – I mean, I, Jessica Andrade, I don't necessarily believe in her much either, but I think she's the better fighter here. I just don't know if there's anything to bet, and I don't think I feel confident enough. And maybe uh, Andrade points, but I don't even know. I mean, it's very possible she hurts her and gets her yeah. out of there, which, you know, that's plus 165 for inside the distance. TKO is a cool 335, 360 on some websites, FanDuel that being. So I guess I'll ask you, what do you think? I think this could be a, a big moment. In both their careers, I think this could be a rise for Jan and a fall for Andrade. Uh, you know, Andrade has crazy power. She can slam you on your head. She's a good finisher. Uh, if you look in a lot of her fights, though, man, she does take damage. She does get hit kind of easily. She's like five foot, maybe. So Jan has about five five inch uh, height advantage, only like a one inch reach advantage. But uh, I think she's. I honestly, I think Jan's probably the the better overall striker. Yeah, she. I don't think she has the power and. And finishing ability, but she's also on the rise. I think Andrade just might be done. She has the most fights of any woman woman in the UFC at 24. She has wins in three different divisions. Strawweight champ. She probably she is the harder hitter, um, but I think she's less durable. I think she's kind of at a 
cross crossroads part of her career, right? She's moving up, she's moving down, she's fighting a top prospect, she's doing this after she had the belt and then lost it. Um, I like Jan. She has good kicks. She's a good striker and just all around. She's very technical. Uh, she moves well, good footwork. She seems to be durable. I know she's had, you know, the, the Carla fight. I, I don't think really anybody saw that coming. Carla came out like possessed and just elbowed her yeah. skull through, through the dirt. Um, and, and you know, it happens. It is what it is. I don't know if Andrade will do that. I mean, I'm sure she's capable of, of, of inflicting damage on her, but, um, that's just not really her game. She doesn't really fight smart either, Andron. So I think I'm going to take a, a small little poke at Jan, Jean-Anne Moneyline. Uh, I think the line's a little too wide. I get it. Andrade's, you know, uh, a legend, and she has pretty much all the finishing equity here, but uh, I don't think she's fighting. I don't think she's a smart fighter. I don't think she is, you know, she's, she's getting older. Uh, she was just outstruck by Aaron Blanchfield, which kind of uh, raises some concerns. I, I love, we love Aaron Blanchfield, but... She's still very green on, on the feet. And yeah, she kind of got outstruck by her. Yan Jianan likes, uh, you know, she's, she's been a volume puncher pretty much most of her career. She landed 113 significant strikes against Dern. She landed 93 against Carolina, 94 against Angela Hill, 150 back against Suri Kondo, and 96 in her debut against Kaylin Curran. She's been taken down a couple times, but she's also gotten takedown. She takes, uh, she took Carolina down five times. She took, uh, Marina down twice. And she was able to, um, take some of those submissions against Mackenzie Dern and be fine. She only got taken down twice. Um, Carla took her down a bunch, but again, that was kind of an outlier. Even when Claudia Gadella took her down, she got up. I, I like Young. I think she's made some improvements. She works. She, uh, she has a good gym. I think she's with uh, Team Alpha Male, if they're still called that. Team Alpha Female. Um, I'm going to take a shot on Jan. I think decision Jan decision would be a pretty good line to play. I think that... I'm not going to do it because I could just, you know, Jan comes out here gets like an arm bar in the first round. And, Plus and 250 lose, so. for the record. Yeah, so I'm going to go Jan Moneyline, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope she just keeps getting better, honestly. I think I think there's so much more room for improvement. If she gets that ground game working really well, I think we could see uh, a future title challenger. I know a lot of people tried hyping her and Whaley up. I just don't think she was ever on the same track as Whaley. Whaley was much more experienced, much more advanced, much more... Uh, physically imposing, yeah. and just all around better. Um, I don't. I think that was very unfair. I think Jan kind of got rushed because she is. Hopefully, I'm. Just, I'm not getting this wrong. A, uh, a, a Chinese fighter, and they're tra- they were trying to, you know, push push the talent of Chinese fighters, and there are a lot of good ones. And I think she's one of the more talented ones. So this will be a good. big moment. She's very good, but you know, there, there, there's there's some concerns for sure. I just I'm going to predict her to get the biggest win of her career. Make a make a nice, uh, you know, put a stamp on it. And uh, potentially climb the ladder. You putting it on the card? Yes, I will. Oh wow, I love that. We'll get you plus one sixty-five, sir. I like it. Right. I just think Andrade is has a lot of question marks. Gas tank, uh, her mental, uh, where she is in her career, uh, moving up and down. You know, I think there's a lot going on. She could easily come out here and just power slam her through the mat, but uh, I'll take a chance. And I, I don't blame you for doing that. I unfortunately I also better against Carla. So. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, <laughs> I've been wrong. I think I was with you. I think I, we both bet Jan that night, and it was just kind That's of how you know. Yeah, the death knell. So I'm going to take Andrade inside the distance, and uh, I <laughs> think fair. basically that's just based off the fact that she hits hard. Uh, she's got good grappling. I just think that she'll find a way to 
maybe if Jan makes one simple mistake, she, you know, I, I just think Andrade shutting people down at 25, like Chukagian, even though it was kind of a lucky shot, you know, and Amanda Lamos, like she's fought the very best, although Jan has as well, but it's just, I feel like the experience, and I don't know if she's necessarily cook-cooked. I think she's on the way. Yeah. She's getting there, but I just don't think it's all the way over. And I think at 15, she's much more of a impact, you know, a problem at the top than she is at 25. So I'm going to count on the way, uh, it being a good weight cut and her just being the bigger fighter and taking care of business. There I don't think in, in like stature, I don't mean that, but like she's just hits hard. Man, she's powerful. She's so powerful. Strong, scary. And even she made just, Lam- you know. Amanda Lemos look like, you know, Amanda Lemos is powerful and hits hard. Was that a, sta- was that a standing guillotine? Yeah, that was? the standing uh, was arm triangle. I think. Insa- even more insane. Yeah, and just literally <laughs> just gripped her up while they were up against the cage and just was like, that's it. Uh, you're done. Grip me up. 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 All right, so uh, we're going to go keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. The fourth fight that we are going to talk about, this is the second fight on the uh, main card that you guys will see. Movsar Ivalev, who was supposed to fight Bryce Mitchell, and I would have been sick if I bought tickets and I lost Two of the bigger fights that were supposed to be on this card, yeah. uh, Charles Oliveira and Benil Daryush, was supposed to be the co-main, even though they did come and replace that with a five-rounder, which is uh, nice. You know, a nice co-main event that uh, gets the worthy distinction of basically being a title eliminator fight, uh, even though the, you know, the UFC never says that, but they don't have to because we really know what's going on. Uh, Mr. Evilev is undefeated, 16-0. This was going to be a really good test for him against Bryce Mitchell, who presents all sorts of problems on the ground, not as much on the feet. Diego Lopez, he's the late-time replacement. He has the craziest little haircut there going on. He is making his UFC debut straight from Lux Fight League. And uh, I don't know where his uh, last fight was, but it was in 2022 against Angel Rodriguez, who was I think 10 it's in Mexico. I could be wrong. Uh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. He's making his UFC debut <laughs> against Movsar Ivalev, and he is a plus 600 underdog. Um, Mr. Lopez has been finished by uh, punches in his past. He has how many losses on the record? Five. Five. Uh, 21 wins. Uh, Ty, do you feel – I mean, he's been knocked out, what, twice Three decision losses, so I guess basically you're not going to pick Lopez. So you're trying to figure out how is Evilev going to win this fight. Yeah, I guess I think probably however he wants. I think he's just going to smother him. He's probably going to do exactly what Joe Anderson Brito did to Diego Lopez. Yeah, I mean Diego Lopez is kind of he's interesting, right? He's a very aggressive submission grappler. Uh, he knee barred Marco Psycho Beltran in Lux just uh, I think a couple years ago. Uh, and, and there's not really great fighters in Lux. Uh, you know, so you, you do get some guys, but it's not very deep. Uh, he was a champion over there for whatever that's worth. Uh, he's com- competed in jiu-jitsu tournaments for a long, long time. So I, I don't know too much against about him, but, you know, making your debut against Movistar Evloev, that is just, uh, that is not fun. The guy's 16-0, and and it's, just, it's really hard to be undefeated in MMA. Just, you know, even on the regional scene, honestly, I mean, you could beat up a bunch of bums. All it takes is one punch uh, or, you know, uh, disqualification or a bad weight cut, anything. And you and you just you take it out. Um, he's coming off of a Dan Ige win after he beat Hakeem Dawudu. He did have a split with Nick Lentz, but I, I don't really, you know, worry about that too much. He knocked out or finished Sergey Morozov back in the day on the regional scene. 
Yes, he, he's fought some good competition. Made his debut against Sung Woo Choi. Uh, fought in M1. I just, I think he's going to cruise here. I mean, the, the line is what it is for a reason. Uh, if you want to take a shot on a dog blindly, sure. But I just would not bet against Mosar Evloev. Hey, against a, a, a debut guy. You debut know, uh, you know, I like shots down the field. I, for one, am yeah. a guy who loves to take, you know, spread it out and let's go, let's go four verticals. You know what I'm saying? Everyone out there knows what I'm saying. I know everyone out there knows what I'm saying. So, Verts, baby. Movistar Evilev does not have a finish in his UFC career. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Correct? Is all six time. have been decisions. This is if it's ever, ever going to happen. This is it. He has to. He had. I mean, honestly, it's crazy to say that, but he has to finish this guy. This guy is taking yeah. this fight on what a week's notice, maybe two weeks yeah. max. I think less than that. I yeah, think and Mitchell it, just pulled out. It right? seems like yeah, it's he was just, on the embedded. Yeah, exactly. So it's like they thought he was fighting, and they wouldn't have put him on there if they didn't think that, that they were promoting that fight for no reason. Evalev inside the distance is not really a great number. It's minus 105. You can get it at plus 115 oh, wow. as the reference number, but I don't ever take that because that's not a real number. I'm going to take. I feel like his decision would be a decent play just because it's what he does. Yes, plus you 135. Know? You can get that out on Fanduel. So it's tough. I don't know like any. Exactly. Of that. So they they really. It's another thing when we say this. They don't really know. We don't. They know. just know he's going to win. They just know he's going to win, and I'm confident yeah. in that as well. I'm going to take. The inside the distance. I think this is the time. Uh, it has to happen today, or I'm sorry, on Saturday. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, man. I just don't like when these guys come and make their UFC debut on short notice. He could definitely shock us and be like, "Wow, like he put up a good fight." But 15 minutes yeah. with a guy who was ready to grapple with Bryce Mitchell and go to war with Bryce Mitchell. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take uh, Evalev, and I'm gonna take him inside the distance minus 105. I like it. You you staying away? Yeah, I'm staying staying clear away. Smart, smart man. How about Crone Gracie making his return to the octagon for the first time in, I believe, four years since his uh, somewhat embarrassing loss to Cub Swanson. He really did not look good in that fight. Took some time off. Hopefully he's been uh, working on the game. Really haven't heard much from him. I don't know if we ever thought he was going to fight again. He's getting in there against Charles. Exactly. And then his name popped up. I'm like, oh, wow. Charles Air Jordan coming off of two consecutive losses, one to Burgos, which was a questionable, uh, I thought, decision. Very. And then uh, Nathaniel Wood, which he was beat up in that fight, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It wasn't a, not necessarily beat up, but it wasn't close. It was not one of those where you were like, oh, my God, this should have gone the other way. I ask you, Mr. Capone, uh, you know, a guy who's been darsh choked, a guy who has you know, lost some fights that he probably shouldn't have lost, do you think yep. Crone Gracie? Uh, I mean, this number's a little interesting to me. I, I last time I checked, it was somewhat of a uh, you know plus one thirty five, one fifty for Crone Gracie. I thought Charles Jordan would be a minus two hundred and up, but I think uh, it's it, one of two things happens. Jordan probably maybe he doesn't finish him or knock him out, but I think he can. He's very explosive. He hits hard, and when he has you hurt, man, he really uh, you know look what he did in the was it the third round against Shane Burgos. Uh, he outstruck him 113 to 42. He, he puts up volume, right? Even the Julian Arosa fight, 85 landed, 106 against Rojo, uh, 137 against Andre Yule. Um, so he's just a very up and down fighter. Very, he doesn't seem very smart. Makes a lot of just rookie mistakes, it seems like. I know he was born in the same year as us, so he is still young, but like, then again, man, he has like seven UFC fights, eight UFC fights, so. Uh, and then obviously, you know, his takedown defense isn't good. It's like 48%, but Chrome Gracie is not good at taking people down. He's not a good wrestler. 
You know, his, his jujitsu is world class. He gets anybody on the ground, it's probably over. I think if he gets Charles Jordan on the ground or in any kind of compromised situation in the grappling department, it's probably over. But I, I you know, with that layoff, I don't trust it. I don't trust him to do that. I also don't really trust Charles Jordan to play it safe and to do what you're supposed to stick to the game plan. Um, he, he overcommits a lot. That's not, that's a big red flag, but he does hit hard. He, he does have good kicks, kind of like a all around arsenal, throws elbows, throws knees, throws jumping kicks, throws this spinning, doesn't throw too much spinny shit. Um, good jab. So I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to finish Crone Gracie. Um, I, I just really don't think Crone Gracie's good. The jiu-jitsu is awesome for, for sure. But, um, when we've seen him on there, uh, on the big stage under the bright lights, completely folded against Cub Swanson. I mean, he tried taking him down twice. That's it. Um, it's all he even attempted. And then he got his ass beat. So I think this is another one, but I'm staying away. I don't, these are two untrustworthy fighters. Yeah. I do like Charles Jordan and his girlfriend, but just can't trust him. Can't trust him. And he's, like you said, he's been submitted. So. Yeah, I mean, and he's had a lot of fights against a high quality. Uh, I think the thing is, I could see uh, Jordan making a mistake, maybe dipping into something that he kind of gets caught in a, uh, some sort of neck crank or a guillotine, or he just, you know, anything can happen. Maybe, he, you know, he gets just taken down and in a scramble gets caught in something wild. I mean, the Crohn's, you know, grappling, uh, the, the last name, uh, the reputation precedes itself. It, it's just something I'm not willing to really, I would bet Jordan, and I'd probably bet him inside the distance because I didn't like what I saw from Crone Gracie, but it's also been four years, and I don't know what he's been doing or working on. Like, he obviously trains with Nate Diaz. I don't know what that means, but I mean, I, I, yeah. I would hope that these guys are throwing hands every once in a while. I'm working on this guy's uh, boxing because that's, the big hole in his game, which was that, that you know, last time he was out there, he looked lost against Cub Swanson. Now Charles Jordan and, and Cub Swanson, not exactly the same, but I, I could see Jordan getting him out of here, and I, and I feel pretty good about it. But I'm not going to take it here on the card, and I probably will take it in my in my personal life though. So I like it. But again, I just think you got to know, ladies and gentlemen, like you can't. Charles Jordan is a guy you haven't been able to trust, and you really don't know. It's a lot of too much unknown here for my liking. Yeah. So Drew Dober, Matt Frivola. Matt Favola is the underdog here at plus 185, 160, uh, you know, pretty consistent throughout here. Uh, minus 225 for Mr. Dober. Uh, Matt Favola is coming off of uh, a couple of knockouts, right? Yeah, Otman uh, Azaitar, oh, which was a big win. Yep. Well, for Huge. him, uh, you know, putting, he's given two guys, two straight guys O's. Uh, you know, Gennaro Valdez. Yeah, two, well, they, I, I don't know. That I have to say, <laughs> I, I really don't know. Um, you know. <laughs> There's some jokes sitting there, but I'm gonna go uh, sit here and probably take Drew Dober. I don't really like this fight. This seems like two like um, immovable objects coming at each other at, at you know rapid pace. I don't. Some. Yeah. I guess this fight is not gonna go to the to the cards. Is what I would probably bet if I could get a good number on it. But it's not gonna be a good number. Uh, I think everyone knows. You know, Dober inside the distance is minus 140. For Vol inside the distance is plus 400. I don't know. I think Dober's just the better fighter. Under one and a half is even. Under two and a half is minus two twenty. Not awful, not bad, but I, I maybe I can see uh, parts of this fight are like you know they're trying to grind out, grind each other against the cage, grind on each other. Nice. Um, also, it uh, seems like Drew Dober doesn't die. Yeah. Um, Matt Favola has you know he's been knocked out very quickly by Terrence McKinney. Terrence McKinney very explosive, very quick, uh, very good in the first like minute. 
Um, I said he would beat Conor McGregor if they fought in a 30-second match. Other than that, he's cooked. Um, and then the Polo Reyes loss, I think that was his debut. Polo Reyes popped for steroids, all the Mexican supplements right after that. So, I don't, you know, I don't really value that too much. But he does have some, you know, some durability issues. He can be hit. He has a negative uh, strikes land, strike uh, differential. Um, he's dropped people in his career. He dropped Azatar, knocked him the fuck out. Dropped Gennaro Valdez four times. Um, but he also got dropped by Marco Polo Reyes twice. Got dropped by Lando Venata twice. Yeah. Obviously, McKinney got him out of there in like seven seconds. But um, I don't know, man. He, he seems like a cool guy. He seems like a smart guy. Uh, I, I like him a little bit. He's, he's easy to root for. Uh, one of my favorite uh, MMA podcasts, he is friends with one of the fellows on there. Um, went to University of Tampa, Army Reserve, wrestling background. Uh, he, he's kind of well-rounded. Uh, he's kind of good everywhere, you know. I, I think obviously defensively is where he where he struggles a little bit. Uh, size wise, I think he matches up pretty well with Drew Dober. He's taller, has a longer reach. Uh, he's two years younger, but Drew Dober is is just hard to hurt or kill or do anything to. I mean, he's so he's so like just he just has this this strength, this aura of him that he just can't be defeated. Uh, he was getting outstruck by Bobby Green in that fight before he finished him off. Uh, that Rafael Alves fight was awesome. The Terrence McKinney fight was awesome. Um, I'm a big Drew Dober fan. I think it's going to be a good fight, man. I think it's going to be a really good fight. Uh, I don't have a bet here, but I would take Drew Dober. I think I could see him winning a decision. Uh, I know Frivola might want to wrestle him, but eh, Drew Dober did really well on the ground against Alves. He got taken down by Terrence McKinney, but he got up. Uh, he has been taken down, I think, in his last, by pretty much almost everybody he's fought. But he's fought, you know, Brad Riddell, Islam Makhachev, Alexander Hernandez. Neil Dariush. Yeah. You know? So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Dober. I do think, you know, some people are gonna take Frivola because of the recency bias, but I'm gonna roll I'm gonna roll with Drew Dober here. I think eventually though that durability's gonna go and then that might be it. But this really interesting fight. I'm really uh interested to see how this transpires. If they just brawl. I don't think Matt Frivola, he likes to brawl. Uh he likes to swing, stay in the pocket swing, but he probably should not do that against uh Drew Dober. Yeah, I, I just Someone's durability is going to fade here. I don't think. Yeah. I really don't think. I mean, although I think there is a possibility of people, you know, maybe grinding up on each other on the fence. But uh, I, I don't see. I don't necessarily see that happening. I feel like these guys both are going to invite the firefight. Uh, Dober is going to hit him with something that he can't respond to and get him out of there. I think Dober's yeah. durability is more resilient. Then uh, Frivola's. I've seen Frivola just kind of get hit, and he have no idea what's going on. Dober went through a firefight in that McKinney uh, war, basically, and should have been out of there multiple times, but just kept getting up and kept fighting. Yeah. And did not give up. And Dober's been in there against uh, much better competition, so I am going to take Drew Dober inside the distance, minus 140 here. I like it. Are you taking anything, or like uh, we, we, we leaving uh, you off? I'll stay away. All right. Smart man. I, I'm changing the strategy this week. I'm going with a little bit more minus uh, bets because uh, I think yeah. that, you know, you might get beat on one or two of them, but I feel like you're going to get a little closer. I need a, at least a, a plus night here. Uh, we, we've Some been struggling recently. So <laughs> we need something to hold and hang our hat on. So we got Devin Clark and Kennedy and Juku. This is a patron saint of the podcast, Mr. Njukwe, N- N- I believe is how you actually say it. But There's a lot of ways to pronounce it. Yeah, that I've name. heard many times. Uh, De- Devin Clark is a guy who, uh, when is the last time? He was in there pretty recently, wasn't he? 
He fought um, February. Dalton Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a After fight that was a little them, questionable. Azamat. I remember. He yeah. Played. Yeah, against Azamat. Well, I mean, I, I would quit against Merzikhanov probably as well. I wouldn't well, even sign that paper. Yeah, William but. Knight, uh, a win against him. Uh, yeah, you know, and then some losses to Jan Kutalaba. And Anthony Smith was down bad when he was fighting uh, Devin <laughs> Clark. That was a, yeah, yeah. really a get-back <laughs> fight. And he's been on a run ever since. So I guess I'll ask you, I don't really trust either one of these guys. And uh, Devin Clark is a plus 155-160 underdog. Uh, Kennedy has continued. This is a guy in Kennedy who we have faded so many times, the African Savage. I mean, he's two in a row. Uh, a big win against Jan Kutalaba. That was, uh, you know, I mean. He looked good, man. He really All did. All those front knees that were just like. <laughs> he made no. Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. Carl Roberson quit, basically, in that fight. He he just. Well. Well, I mean. Who hasn't? <laughs> good point. But Mr. Nick, with a split decision, lost to Mr. Nick. Nick. Oh, that was no. such a. That was one of the worst decisions. Yeah. I think. I don't even know who we had Truly. on that side. I, I felt. I, I even felt dirty if I had cast a ticket out that night at that time. But <laughs> yeah. uh, Da Un Jung, you know, uh, uh, spinning, you know, or standing elbows. That's right. He just. It did one of those nights where he just looked like he did not want to be there. And then yep. the crazy, you know, triangle choke to Paul Craig that he shouldn't have let happen. That uh, we were I was there. there. Yeah, oh, we were both. We were both there. Yep. Uh, so. I guess I ask you here. I mean, are, I don't think you're going to take Devin Clark. I believe in Kennedy. I just don't know if I believe in him at this number. Yeah, I feel that. I, I think he, he'd be a good parlay piece, but he'd be the 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 one where you really have to worry. You're like, oh no, why are you trying to wrestle with Devin Clark? Don't do that. Um, yeah, I think Devin Clark's path to victory is you know pretty simple. Uh, now, if he's going to execute it, I don't think that's simple. I don't think actually executing it will be simple. Kennedy is probably one of the most physically imposing fighters ever. Right, six five. I think he has an eighty three inch reach, uh, and that's at light heavyweight. I don't think he's really missed weight or struggled to miss uh, miss weight or struggled to make weight. Um, he's thirty, so he, you know he had a kind of a late start to his uh, his career. He kind of got thrown in the fire right away. I mean, he's fighting uh, Paul Craig, <laughs> and then you know Stosich, Olberg, just decent guys. But I think he's steadily made improvements um, over the course of his career. He trains at. Is it uh, Fortis? Fortis MMA? Yes, so he has safe Sayud in his corner, uh, just screaming shit all, all fight, which is awesome. Um, he's a slow starter, which I don't love, but I think uh, Devin Clark also is a slow starter. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think Kennedy's fighting IQ is necessarily that high because he's so new to the sport. I don't think Devin Clark's fighting IQ is But he's gotten high. much better as the years have gone on. Than I much think, I think much, much better than Cl- Devin Clark has. For sure. And the Da Un Jung fight that he was losing – uh, that he lost, he was winning, or he did have some success before that finish. The Paul Craig fight, I think he might have been winning also, but I, I remember it not being good, and then he just got triangled. Um, I, you know, yeah, like you said, he's made a lot of improvements. I think he's just going to keep getting better. Devin Clark, he, he wants to grind on you, wants to wrestle you against the cage, slow it down. Um, he kind of reminds me of like a knockoff Derek Brunson. He comes in, he runs into exchanges with his like chin up, and you know he, he's tough, he's strong, but he also is a has a bit has a bit of a quitter in him, you know. I don't, when it when it gets tough, when it gets rough in there, Devin Clark is pretty much done. Uh, has a stupid nickname, the Brown Bear, pretty terrible. Uh, he's pretty much been finishing all of his losses. Merzikhanov made him quit. Um, uh, I think Kudalaba probably should have got him out of there. Anthony Smith triangled him. Ryan Span guillotined him. Uh, remember, he got spinning back fisted by uh, the Serbian fellow. Can't think of his name. Rakic. Um, oh, that's right. Forgot he about just that. he doesn't he doesn't respond he doesn't respond well to to, to anything. Especially when the fight gets extended, and doesn't even have to, 
you know, get extended long. It could be the second round. So for that, I got Kennedy inside the distance. I think he's going to hit him with some knees. I think, you know, Devin Clark's going to have to watch shooting on somebody that big, that long with those front kicks, straight punches. Like you said, like uh, we were talking about the his last fight against Kudalaba. Big knees up the middle. He can use that, like, just standing knee as, like, a jab. It's 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 insane. So I think that's what's going to happen. He's going to wear – you know, maybe he loses the first round, Kennedy. Uh, maybe you look to, to bet him after the – live bet him after the first round. But I think as the fight gets extended, Devin Clark's going to be he's, – he's just going to quit. He, even, even if he is having success, he's going to find a way to lose. So give me Kennedy inside the distance. I think he's going to knock him out, find him, find him against the cage, and he's going to make him uh, – Make him quit. And we both agree on that. We both have Kennedy inside the distance plus 130 here on the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We keep it moving. Chaos Williams, Rolando Bedoya. I don't know much about this Peruvian uh, gentleman, the machine. He is making his UFC debut last fall in March. Darce choked a gentleman by the name of Pablo Duarte. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know if this guy's, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, prelim, not prelim, his uh, amateur, not what, what the fuck am I looking for? Regional. Regional. Jesus, God. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> amateur prelim. Amateur prelim. Uh, post limb. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Chaos Williams is a minus 330, 325 favorite here. Mr. Bedoya is plus 260, 255. Guess I'll ask you, do you really like anything here? This kind of seems like a, a what, last minute sort of throw together? Yeah. Yeah, I think this guy's 36, uh, Bedoya. Peruvian fighters in general, not very good. South American fighters in general, um, especially, I think, <clears throat> more recently, not very good. A lot of fraudulence, a lot of just padded records. I mean, the, the regional scenes over in South America, you know, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Of what some of the rules are. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, this guy's, he probably, just, I think he's at the wrong weight class. I know if you look at just his size and reach and whatnot, he's not, uh, he's not that much smaller than Chaos, but man, Chaos is strong. Chaos hits hard. Chaos is a scary man. He might not be the best. He might not be the you know most well-rounded or you know, whatever. Uh, the Ox Fighter, didn't know that was his nickname. Yeah. Uh, I'll say that right now. Um, and But his Randy Brown fight, man, he, he, he I don't know. It was it was very close, and I kind of counted him out. I kind of counted him out against uh, Semmelsberger and Baeza. Um and even in the Abdul Razak Al Hassan fight, a lot of people were on uh, Razak, and he knocked him in the fuck. Uh, Chaos knocked him out quick. Same thing he did to Alex Morano. Alex Morano, I mean, you know, say what you want, but uh, it takes some time to get him out of there. At least sometimes. Some people have had trouble with it. He made it look easy. 30, se- Thirty seconds. So I think he's the better fighter all around. He hits harder. I mean, this guy. I, again, I just think he's fighting at the wrong weight class. I saw a little bit of his highlights, and he, you know, just looks not nearly as strong. He's old. Uh, you know, maybe we know nothing about him, and that's a good thing for him. Um, but this is just a tough, tough debut against a guy who's not not really ever gonna, you know, take a, take any time off, like in, in the cage. And you know, he's not he's not gonna um, he's always gonna be focused. He's always gonna be aggressive. He's not gonna you know quit or uh, not be ready. So I got Chaos Williams. I think he's gonna. Uh, let's see, let's see what his inside the distance number is. I'm gonna take Chaos inside the distance, um, unless it's like minus two hundred, minus one forty five. <clears throat> it's not bad. I think he's gonna smoke this guy. I just, I don't know if this guy's really UFC caliber. So, especially at one seventy. I think if you're feeling good, this is what I would do if I had a you know a guy who wanted to make some money. 
I would bet Williams win in TK or win by TKO in round one or two, but I would bet them separate because I'm seeing Williams in round two is plus six fifty, and TKO in round one is plus two ten. So I think either way you go positive, and you would just yeah. hope that maybe it goes to that second round. But uh, I, I really think he gets him out of here. I, I think, like you said, too strong, too powerful, too quick. His William, Chaos Williams is very quick, and he has held his own against some of the best at the uh, – the, not the some of the best, but, so, you know. He has been in the, in the, sh- the shark pond, basically, I should say, uh, you know, for much longer than Mr. Bedoya has. And, and the yeah. level of guys that he's fought killers who are ready to take his younger. head off. Yeah. Give me Chaos Williams, and I'm going to take a TKO for my own uh, self at minus 115 here on the card. Oh, but yeah. uh, I, if oh, I would yeah. do what I tell, I'm telling you guys to do. So let's keep it moving, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the regular card: Marina Rodriguez, Verna Janjaroba, a 115 bout. I believe Mrs. Rodriguez is a slight favorite, minus 130, 132, uh, plus 110 for Janjaroba. Uh, interesting line. Interesting line, I would say. I favor, I mean, I guess it's kind of a bias from, I'm a big Marina Rodriguez fan. We both are, have been for a while now. So I guess I'll ask you, Ty, do you, uh, do you question where this number's coming from? A little bit. I think, I think Marina, I think there's a path to victory for Virna, right? Obviously, she's much better on the ground. Um, and Marina, you know, in her losses, um, as strong, I mean, look at, um, look at her loss to, um, God damn, I'm on the wrong page. Look at her loss to um I can't think of her goddamn name. Lamos? Carla. Oh, Carla. Carla Sparza and Cynthia Calvi. Got, she got taken down uh by both of them three plus times and lost a split and a majority. I think she should have won them both. Uh she also had a close fight with Rana Marcos when she like made her debut and she lost. Again, I thought she won uh, two of those three fights she should have won. Actually the there was two draws and one loss. That's right. So she's had a, a a tough, a tough go at it, but she's also kind of, you know, it's kind of her own fault. Um, her takedown defense is not good. Her get up game is not good. She is tall. She is long, but she's kind of low volume and active sometimes. Yeah. Um, I had her to finish Mackenzie Darren. That didn't happen over a five minute fight. I couldn't believe it. Um, I, I don't even really remember that Amanda Lemos lost. Man, seems like it happened so long ago. Certain fights are just blanked out of my memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think it's the easy advantage here for Vera. Vera not on the ground, easy advantage for Marina on the feet. Uh, Vera does, the, the problem I do have with Vera Janjarova, bad, bad cardio. Uh, you know, so if she's going to exert all her energy in the first round or, you know, the first exchange to get that submission or get that takedown, what happens if she, you know, what happens next? You know, there's going to be a second round. There's going to be a third round. And I think on the, on the feet, man, she's really outclassed. Um, Marina has been 10 8 it. So, you know, she can be set laid on. She can be uh, ground and pounded. She can be, you know, you can win rounds against her. I just, I really, I don't trust Vera. I don't trust Janger, Vera Janjaroba at all. I love her jiu-jitsu. Uh, her armbar against Felice Herrig was nasty. Uh, when she subbed Mallory Martin, that was the easiest money ever. But, you know, she, she's also been taken down a couple times. I, I guess, you know, he boss, Angela Hill, Carlos Barza, those are, you know, pretty good fighters, but. I don't think she's. I just don't think she's very good. You know, she has. She's. She's a specialist, but uh, her her striking is just a a mess, really. And her takedown accuracy in general isn't good. You know, she's more of a grappler instead of a wrestler. So I think that could work to uh, Marina's advantage. I think Marina's stronger. Um, so she's just gonna have to stop these take. Uh, yeah, I guess for gonna stay out of the grappling 
realm. And I think she has this fight easy. I'm not going to, I don't have a bet. I want to take Marina inside the distance, but I've done that before. And what I say I was going to do, never do it again. So I will stay away. I'm going to take Rodriguez money line minus 130. It's low enough where I, I like it. And I think she's just better than John Jaroba. And I think she's fought girls that kind of can give her the look. Like a Mackenzie, you know, wins against a Mackenzie Dern uh, will kind of uh, lend as a blueprint. I mean, John Jaroba, like you said, she she could present some different problems. Probably better better hands than Mackenzie Dern. But uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be boring. So uh, I'm going to hope for a real boring kind of uh, runaway fight for Marina. And uh, she wins a unanimous decision. That is my... Official prediction. So, Parker right. Porter, Braxton Smith. Don't know much about it. Mr. Braxton Smith. This is the oh, fight that, you, that, that you. you had some inside info on. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Porter uh, has been a uh, fade machine for this podcast. Uh, you know, yes. To, except I, I believe I faded him in the Justin Taffa fight. I believe we both did. Parker yeah, Porter yeah. is a man easy. who, if you bet him to what? Win by decision or something like that? Then you cat you like... You absolutely yeah, he's three and three out. in the UFC. Three decision wins and three first round stoppage losses. So okay. it's, you know, I think you you know you know where you're getting with him. He has had some tough. I mean, you know, making his debut against Chris Dawkins is not exactly easy for a guy who was nine and five at the time on the regional scene. You know, Jelton Almeida. I mean, Jesus Christ, he was like minus two thousand for that fight. And Justin Taffa hits hard, and he got into a striking match with him, and that didn't end well. Um, he, he does have a loss by illegal shots to the back of the head, so that's something. Uh, he, lost, he fought Gabriel Gonzaga on the regional scene. He fought John Jones in his third pro fight. Yep. Um, insane. So, uh, you know, I don't think he's very good, Parker Porter, but I think, you know, a lot of people underestimate how hard it is to be a 500-level UFC fighter. Again, Josh Parisian, Chase Sherman, Alan Badeau, that's his three wins. Yeah, not good. And he didn't finish either of them. But he won, all unanimous, so... You got to take something from that. But this Braxton Smith fellow, all right, <laughs> he's he's absolutely mo- he's yoked out of his mind. Big boy, thirty three. So I'll give you a little background story of his career. He started his career way back in twenty fourteen against Chase Sherman. Yes, he got he got smoked in like thirty seconds. Took eight eight years off. Came back and said, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna try again," and he started running through these guys. He fought this fellow named Ja'Cory Savage, not once, but twice. Ja'Cory Savage, the reason I was looking at this, I'm like, that name sounds very familiar. He was on the 2019 LSU Tigers National Championship roster. He was a reserve offensive lineman. Um, he didn't play at all, but he, he has a natty title. He has a natty ring. He's a big boy, but he is not he's, a good he's fighter. He's knocked some people out himself, though, for the record. He, yeah, he has. He, he looks like he has some tools. Like I can see why he wants to fight, but he's not very good. Uh, this Braxton Smith fellow put him out bad, like, like biblically, biblically bad. Like he, he, <laughs> as soon as his fist made contact with Jacory Savage's face, Jacory Savage just turned off. And then he tried hitting with this absolute missile of a follow-up shot, like the biggest hammerfish you could ever see, like what uh, Muhammad Usman did to um, the, fel- the the one fellow that he beat. And even bigger than uh, Anderson Bisping. It was crazy. He kind of missed, but... So he, he, he does that to him. And then six months later, he fights him again and knocks him the fuck out. He's fought a bunch of nobodies. Uh, if you watch any of these fights, I try to watch as many as I can. Uh, peak fighting. Te- peak fighting. PF. Not PFL, just PF. Very hard to find PFC? a tape on. Just PF. Just, 
just BF, um, for whatever reason. Um, and in some of these fights, man, he's, he's been backed up against the cage. He, he's not good. I'll say this. He's not good. Not good. He has power. He can hit hard, but he just comes at you like a brawler. Uh, he doesn't care about striking defense. He doesn't care about anything. He also does not have a training team, a gym. He, he, he's self-trained. He literally has no gym. Nobody trains him. That's insane. So he fights some guy, puts him to sleep, and then six months later when he wakes up, he puts him back to sleep. Uh, he fights all these other guys who are small heavyweights. He's 5'11". I don't think Parker Porter is a big fellow, so I think he's six foot. Um, beautiful monster, nickname. I, I just I don't know how this guy, how, how you can expect him to win a UFC fight. Parker Porter, yeah, not great, but this dude is a legit meme. Like He, he looked like somebody you'd make up and you'd be like, oh, wow, he's not real. I watched his head kick against Cody Beck. It was nice. Before that, he was getting hit. I watched him fight some guy named Cameron Chisholm Brungard. He was getting hit. Um, he's just a, he's honestly, he's not a good fighter. There's a reason he retired for eight years, right? <laughs> um, Parker Porter gets one take down, the fight's over. And I, I, even then, he should probably beat him on the feet. Uh, you know, I hate to say this, but I'm taking Parker Porter heavy inside the distance. Really? Heavy inside the distance. Um, what is he? Minus one seventy plus. I mean, this guy one oh five on inside the distance. Yeah. Um, I mean, this this Braxton Smithville has not even been to the halfway point of the first round, let alone the second. Maybe there's uh, a reason for that. These, yeah, maybe. I mean, he hits hard, dude. He is huge, big fella. It's kind of scary. He said he got into the UFC because his mom was watching it. So, um, actually, I don't think that was him. Was it? It was somebody on this card. Yeah, it wasn't. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I oof. I don't know where they found him and how they said, you know what? Your two wins over a former LSU basically walk-on is, is yeah. Welcome when to the OC, brother. Made? I do not know. I do not know. I think, I think Parker Porter was supposed to fight. Um, no, they, they just made it. It wasn't even a replacement. They just said, yeah, we're signing this guy. Listen, he has power and he comes forward and, you know, anybody, if you hit somebody hard enough, yeah. Like, I feel Five like he's he younger than Parker Porter, too. I, yeah. Parker Porter's not young, but I feel like even if he rocked Parker Porter and Parker Porter, like, couldn't stand up and was wobbly, he could, like, just grab him, hold on to him, and then, like, fall on top of him. This Braxton Smith, Braxton Smith guy is just not good. He doesn't even have a training partner. You know, how can anybody make any kind of adjustments if it does get past the first round? Or how can he even be prepared? If he walks out, if I watch this fight, which I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch this fight specifically. I really want to. If I see him walk out with nobody in his corner at all, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to, that's going to be hilarious. Like, imagine he has nobody. Imagine he goes back to his corner after the first round and there's no one there. <laughs> I'm going to go, uh, and this is going to... I should stay away. No, you shouldn't. You absolutely should not. I should, but I'm give me a break. But I've never been pussy, so I am going to take Braxton Smith. Get the fuck out of here by TKO in the first round. I was going to say, might as well do the first round under a half a round is plus two fifty. I do we have it over here plus three forty Smith <laughs> TKO round one. Okay. What are we doing here? This guy doesn't have a training partner. He trains himself. All he's got to do is hit him once. 
Parker Porter is three months removed from from getting knocked out by Justin Taffa. Bad. It was a one minute fight. Bad. Right. That's fine. <laughs> He's had three months. This guy is legitimately has had has lost many striking exchanges with these guys in PF. So <laughs> come on now, don't say that. He has. Cody Beck was given the business. He was worked against the cage by <laughs> Jacory. Sa- so before Jacory Savage, uh, the, the former blindside blocker of Joe Burrow in practices, before he got biblically sent to the apps, I don't even know where he got sent to. Like a, a whole completely different land is where he got sent to. Before that, he was he, he was actually piecing up Braxton Smith. He hit him with this this nice elbow, and Braxton Smith's eye was busted. Like I can't trust this guy in the UFC against anybody. Uh, so man, give he, me Parker Porter on, inside man. the distance. He's going to smash this fucking guy, and it'll be quick work. Oh, he did send Cody back to the shadow realm with that head kick. He did. Nah, man, it was he, a nice head kick. He is listen. a freak of nature. He looks like a DC with no wrestling. I think he played football also. Um, so oh, never mind. Actually, no. I've actually watched one clip. I'm not, I want nothing to do with him. <laughs> no, I, I was just kidding. Take that off the list. I want nothing to do with this pick. He, he's terrible. I, Parker Porter, one takedown, and he's gonna be. He's gonna put. He can put him in like the most obscure submission ever if he really wants. I mean, to. Corey Savage. He 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 is absolute. He put that man. Into the shadow realm. I mean, he he was sitting next to Eddie Wineland having a conversation. <laughs> Braxton, yeah. Braxton, I was about to call him Braxton Miller. Shout out to Braxton Miller, former Ohio State quarterback. <laughs> Eagles legend. Yeah. Uh, he hits very, very hard. And I could see him getting Mr. Porter out of there. For sure. I am not going to bet this. I am crossing this off. Oh, give me a break. Parker Porter round one. How do you not uh, take Parker Porter? I don't Porter want round anything one. to do with this. I, I could see Parker Porter doing that, but. I won't be able to sleep at night if I if I give somebody a, a play on this. I won't be able to sleep ever again if this Braxton Smith guy wins a fight in UFC. That'll be a low point for this sport. He he might he actually I really do think that that's a good bet. I think he's going to knock him out and he's going to be absolutely exposed the next time he fights. But I think Parker Porter stinks. Yeah. Absolutely stinks. Yeah, he's not good. But I mean um, the last two guys he's fought are much better. I mean, he got knocked out by Chris Dawkins. Yeah, but Chris Dawkins fights Braxton Smith, and Chris Dawkins is going to put him the fuck out. Jo- Josh Parisian win. Josh Chase Parisian Sherman is going to absolutely smoke. Win. Chase Sherman made this guy rethink his journey eight uh, eight years ago, or ten years ago, or nine years ago. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, he took eight years off after Chase Sherman punked him. He wanted to get better. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't. Parker Port- What's Parker Porter's submission? Um, I don't know. It's gonna happen. That's what's Let's going. See That's here. What Parker is. Porter inside the distance is plus one hundred. Parker Porter submission is plus three fifty. Now that Easy might be work. something I play, but I'm just gonna stop talking about it because I don't like I don't like anything. Um, Phil Halls, you gotta remember him. Phil Halls, he's fighting a gentleman that I uh, I'm gonna have trouble spelling. Ikram. No. Ali Skarov. Yeah. Yeah. All right, there we go. 13-1. and one. I believe he is making his UFC debut after his contender series Kimura over Mario Sosa. He has a win against Nation Burrell at Burrell. Eagle FC. How about that? That was a day. He is a man whose only loss, that's right, was a bomb of an uppercut from Hamza Chimaev 
I remember seeing yeah, that. That was on the bad. Highlight. He that, went out. No, we, we're talking about how Braxton or uh, Mr. Jacory Savage went to a, a secret land that we haven't unlocked yet. Mr. Uh, Al Scaroff went to that land also. His yeah. mouth, dude, he got knocked out and his mouthpiece flew out of his mouth like 10 seconds later. <laughs> I've never seen a mouthpiece delayed reaction. That's, you know. There was so much power just pent up in there. He, had no, he also got dropped go. by a power, not even a power jab. He got dropped by a jab a little bit before that by Chimaya. Uh, just, just in case you were wondering. Uh, Phil Hall is a big underdog here. He, well, I guess I shouldn't say big. Plus 165, 155, 170. Uh, minus 200, 180 for Mr. Alishkarov. Uh Do you like anything here? I don't really like anything. I I do. Okay. I am going to take Phil Hall's money line. Wow. I think, I, I think this could be this could be a regrettable decision. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my gut. I am a huge fan of Phil Hall's. It's just you know I don't know what it is, man. He just doesn't have a chin at all. Um, he just doesn't like being hit. I rewatched the Chris Curtis fight the other day, man. He was beating the shit out of Chris Curtis. Yeah. Bad. Like he was beating Chris Curtis up bad. And that was following a couple of, uh, decision wins over what Imavov and Dawkins. And then and he, those are good wins. Remember he knocked out Jacob Malkoon in like ten seconds. Yeah. That was so easy. I wish I put more money on that. The thing about Hall is he's an insane athlete, right? D1 wrestling, has awesome power, just great. I think he trains at Killcliffe, so he's got good training partners. He's in the gym a lot. I mean, dude, you know, he is so smooth watching him strike. One, two, one, two. He's got a good jab. He's got a great straight right. He has just so much power and so much fluidity in his combinations. His front kick up the middle is nasty. Um, and he throws, you know, bomb leg kicks. I don't know how uh, Al Scarif is going to have to take him down. That's like pretty much yep. what he does, you know. I just I don't think Phil Halls has ever been taken down. He has that he has that back he has that Justin Gaethje uh, background to lean on, but he loves to strike. And the Delides they lost, yeah, I mean you know it wasn't the greatest sign, but he also tore his ACL. He got his uh, he got his leg torn up in that in that hold, and then he got finished. I mean he, you know the Curtis fight also he got hit with the, he got hit with that counter left, and that was it. I mean, that's the, again, I rewatched the fight and that left hand, that noise that it made was nuts. It sounded like a baseball bat. Um, and then, you know, he, he, had, he has no recoverability because as soon as he got, he got hit, he didn't get, he didn't get dropped. He kind of like t- uh, squatted. And then when he tried to like run away or, you know, get away from uh, Chris Curtis, he just fell. <laughs> he completely fell and was done. It was a crazy, you know, tripped over nothing. He doesn't have durability, doesn't have a chin. That really makes me worry here because I don't think Al Scaroff is a KO threat, but you know, obviously, it doesn't take much, especially if he has him on the ground. I just don't know if he, I don't know if he can take Phil Halls down right away. And you know, Phil Halls is a quick starter. He wants to, you know, start the fight off, throw his jab, throw his straight, straight right, throw those combos. And uh, I think he has a longer reach than Al Scaroff, so he is he is a couple years older. I don't know, man. I, I think this Ekrem guy is good. I think he's going to win some fights. He, he, you know, there's a good chance he wins this fight. Um, I just I haven't seen. I think this is a good matchup for Phil Halls. I haven't seen anybody take him down. I haven't seen him lose any kind of wrestling or grappling exchanges. I know he got his his legs snapped by Delize, but he got up. He didn't tap. You know, he. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know about him. He, he, he's the, the, just the guy who's winning fights until he isn't. Right. Um, I think there was other fights on the regional scene. Yeah. On the contender series. Uh, Julian Marquez knocked him out with a head kick. Uh, Lewis Taylor, the infamous Lewis Taylor guillotine way back in the day. But that was a while ago. He's made a lot, a lot of improvements. 
give me Falls. I think he can win a decision. Uh, I don't know if he can out-grapple this guy or out-wrestle him. I, th- I would assume maybe. Uh, but I think if it stays standing, man, he, he has the advantage here 100%. I've seen this guy get hurt. I know it was Shemaev, but that jab, uh, it, was a, it was a weak shot that dropped him. Phil Halls hits hard, man. I don't want to compare him to Shemaev, but he hits hard, and he's got just awesome dynamic striking, as long as he's the hammer. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if this guy, Al Scarum, has anything for him. Maybe he can weather the storm and then you know get him tired or, or, or something. Uh, I can 100% see see that happening. Phil Halls just has a knack for losing fights sometimes. So, uh, but I'm going to take a shot on him. I like him at this at this line. So you got Phil Halls money line plus 170. I'm going to go Alashkarov submission plus 350. And I don't oh. feel confident. In it. I like everything you just said, but Phil Halls has done too much stuff. Like you like you said in that Chris Curtis fight, I was I thought for sure he had it, and then he just kind of. Like it just shit. It just seems like he's one of those guys where like I could see him hurting Alashkarov and then like getting on top and then somehow getting swept and getting caught in something like crazy or you know like yeah. this guy's comorid like three guys in a row. So I, I like it. Just seems like he's got a weird funky game that could uh, come into play here. But it's a tough tough debut for him. But you know he's fought guys like Chimaev and whatnot, so it doesn't seem like this is uh, yeah. too far out of the realm. Uh, how about Joseph Holmes? The ugly man getting back in there, eight and three, against Claudio Ribeiro. Ribeiro, Ribeiro, something. Ah, it's close enough. He is coming off of a decimation from Abdul Razak Al Hassan. That was his UFC debut. Uh, that was in January. He is. Uh, what is the line here? It has disappeared. Uh, what do we have? Minus one seventy-five for Mister Ribeiro. Uh, Joseph Holmes is a plus one sixty underdog here. One well, two hundred uh, favorite for Ribeiro in some uh, some of these sports books. So last fight we're talking about, first fight of the night. Uh, we got to start this right, this thing off right. Uh, we what, what do we like? Uh, well, we don't like Joseph Holmes, right? Right. That's uh, uh, I, I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> um, I'm really mad we didn't get the uh, Zumagula Estevam fight. That Estevam guy is awesome. He trains with Aldo, Henan Burrell, all those guys. Um, He's awesome. Uh, thing with, I, I don't like this Ribeiro guy, right? He has some good leg kicks. He has some big power, but that's like it. Al can easily gets out grappled, easily gets hit. Uh, Joseph Holmes, the thing about he has decent striking, right? Decent. Um, he can grapple a little, but he can't wrestle at all. Uh, doesn't have good cardio and gets hit easily. Basically, he's not good. He has like a couple good things working for him, but they just get you know completely pushed to the side when you think about his all-around game. I mean, no cardio, no wrestling, no no uh, punch resistance. I don't know how you're going to go far at 185 if you can't do any of that, you know? Uh, losing to Jamie Pickett, man. Man, that's uh, that's one of the big red flags. He is only 27, uh, so maybe, you know, maybe he can work his way back. The Alan Amadovsky win being his only UFC win is just... Uh, Doesn't mean much. Know. Yeah, that guy, Alan Amadovsky, I can't believe the UFC ever signed him, but they needed a Macedonian fighter, I guess. So I, who's even the favorite here? I, I have Ribeiro. Ribeiro. Yeah, yeah I guess he's going to win. Two hundred. Yeah, I think Ribeiro is probably going to knock him out uh, at some point. It doesn't seem like these guys can go five, uh, yeah, three rounds without one of them just dying. Um, so yeah, give me Claudio Ribeiro. Uh, I'm not. Is there an under over under for this I can possibly take? Uh, under one and a half is minus one twenty eight, one twenty nine, and under two and a half is minus three fifteen. So, 
Let me just stay away. These guys are not UFC caliber, not UFC level, not very good. Uh, it's 185, which is usually a sloppy, gross division. I'm going to stay away. I, I should not bet on a Joseph Holmes fight. I know I should fade him 100%, but this guy isn't is also a, a fadeable. Fade. Yeah, I I, I think I 100% agree with you. I think Ribeiro, I would take inside the distance, minus 125 if I could get a, a better number than maybe I would, but I'm going to stay away. I have enough players in the card. I don't like this fight enough to risk anymore. So you have five total play, plays. Sterling money line, money line, Jan money line, uh, and Zhukwe inside the distance, Parker Porter inside the distance, and Phil Hall's money line. Uh, I have Cejudo, Burns, Andrade, Ivalev, Duber, uh, Duber, Dober, uh, and Zhukwe, <laughs> Chaos Williams, Marina Rodriguez, and Alex Karov, all by an assortment of ways. And you'd have to go back and listen to it if you want to uh, hear my actual plays. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hot Box Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. Uh, is there any boxing this week? There is Canelo. Oh, uh, is wow. that next week? No, it's this week. I it's Cinco de Mayo, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. He's fighting John Ryder uh, in Mexico. He's probably going to smoke John Ryder. I mean, John Ryder's honestly not, not awful, but he just doesn't really bring no anything business to the being table in there much. with him. Yeah. It's just one of those you know fights for for Canelo. I guess he's going to he wants to fight Bivol next. I don't love that. I think he should give Benavidez a chance. But um, other than that, no, pretty quiet, pretty quiet boxing weekend. I think. Um, do we have anything next weekend? No. I guess the bit, next big fight is going to be in two weeks. Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. It's going to be a banger. Uh, the win also has a lot of big stakes on the line for that fight. The winner might fight Gervonta. Uh, Maybe uh, Devin Haney moves up to 140 and fight Josh Taylor or something. Uh, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I, also another fight at the end of May, Mauricio Lara Leewood, too. After Lara knocked him out, that should be fun. It knocked him out. Now he's going to go to fight him in England, which is interesting. Um, at 126, my favorite division of boxing. So, yeah, not much really. Canelo, I mean, that's going to be fun. You know, it's always fun seeing him get in there and reclaim his uh, his throne of over the Mexican fans. I know he, he was very salty about Ryan Garcia getting a little a little buzz from the Mexican faithful, but that ended very quickly. So, yeah, not much going on. Yeah, slow week. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the fights, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have plenty. There's plenty of sports on. It's the uh, great great time for anyone who doesn't just follow the MMA world, but it's always a great time to follow the MMA world because there's always, and combat sports world for that matter, because it's always moving and there's always stuff going on. Uh, Canelo, big-time favorite, really nothing to uh, bet there, though. That's a shame. Uh, minus 2,000 two on William Hill. Yeah. Minus 1,800 on. Uh, I mean, maybe you could bet. If any round, I think somewhere between the 7th and 10th. But think so, like, like a little bit later on. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't see any numbers on here, so that's um, the only. Oh, here yeah, we go. probably here we go. Let's see. Two, uh, the, uh, the round seven through nine is plus two twenty-five. There you go. You could even bet him like the the last like section of the fight basically, and you could get your money back. You know, plus two twenty-five and plus three fifty. You're you're going positive either way if he knocks him out after the sixth round. So it's just you could. There's plenty of uh, ways to make money here. Uh, you just have to find them. I uh, and there's nothing we put on the card here for boxing, so that's uh, yeah. that's usually the case. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back Monday or Tuesday. Hopefully Monday. We're trying to we're trying to do Mondays, but Mondays are tough. Uh, yeah. But you know, more than likely Tuesday, we will be back with a full breakdown of the weekend's action, full breakdown of our cards, full breakdown of everything. My name is Matt McSweeney. His name is what? Tyler. 
Braxton Smith Capone. Man, if he gets it done, I'll be upset. I really will. <laughs> I will. I probably retire from watching. Retirement is up for grabs here this weekend. It is an Undertaker <laughs> retirement match. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us. Peace.